All right, today we're going to start and we're going to do an evaluation. And whenever we do an evaluation, I want you to be like, about evaluating is not the same as becoming condemned. If you have a little child, they're not going to do well on this, okay? Because they haven't had time for training. So if you have a six or seven-year-old, they'll probably do a lot better. But if you have a 10-year-old, they'll do even better. So don't be discouraged. That's why I said do your youngest one, because we're going to talk about how to build these kind of behaviors. But we're also evaluating ourselves because you can only teach who you are. Madeline, here's a sheet. So um, what you do is, number one, is exhibits the behavior consistently. So if it's a one, they always do this. If it's a two, they exhibit the behavior frequently, but not all the time. If it's a three, they exhibit the behavior occasionally. And if it's a four, they do not exhibit the behavior at all. So here, we're going to talk about courtesy, good manners, and respectfulness tonight. So, um, all right, number one, properly returns a greeting. Do they always properly return a greeting? Do you always properly return a greeting? Now, by that, if someone says, hi, how are you, say, hi, I'm fine, and how are you? So it's not just responding, but it's actually like asking the person how they are. Number two, so you're answering, if you're a mom, you're answering on your own one and on your kid's one. For answering no? Yes. So number one, a, a, pro, a properly returns a greeting. No, you're doing yourself and then your youngest child. And this goes to Kate. Can Okay, so Kate, what we're doing is we are doing this evaluation on ourselves and our youngest child. Rusty won't do well on this because he's too little, but it's just, it's getting us thinking, okay? I want you to do Leo. Yeah, because we, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> Thank you for food. <laughs> And some of them, you know, like Rusty can't really talk enough to say, and how are you? So the first question is properly return to greeting. We're doing these for ourselves, and we're doing these for... I think these are being said for any non-proper greeting. Well, by proper greeting that they respond, and then they ask how the other person is in some way. It doesn't have to be exact words, but that they're, they're showing interest when they greet people in the other person. <laughs> Number two, approaches people in conversation and waits to be recognized before speaking. So like when my children were little, if they wanted to speak to us, they would come and put their hand on our shoulder. And then when we could interrupt the conversation, they would speak to us. Now, for those of you big people, it means that you don't interrupt and jump into conversations, but you just kind of wait until there's a pause in the conversation. So if May needs to talk to me and I'm talking to Madeline, she kind of stands there and waits until Madeline and I are finished talking. And then she asks, um, you know, what she needs. So it's just showing good manners. Okay, number three, waits for a pause in a conversation before speaking. Now in the Curtis house, we all do terrible on this because we interrupt each other constantly because if we didn't interrupt each other we would never get to speak but it actually is <laughs> you know <laughs> not good so um you know if you're oh, like our dude. family we're always saying you're interrupting me well you just interrupted me you know so um so how do you do with that okay um number four speaks when it's appropriate to speak so like in the middle of a meeting, it wouldn't be appropriate for you to yell down the row and say, hey, Sarah, how are you? Because there's a meeting going on and someone else is speaking. So you, you speak when it's appropriate to speak and you want to train your children to speak when it's appropriate to speak. Use a tone of voice. Number five, uses a tone and volume of voice appropriate for the situation. 
Um, I always had children, like my oldest was very soft-spoken. I always said, honey, speak louder, speak louder. My second was very loud. So I'd always say, shh, shh, quiet voice. So they were, you know, so learn to um, use appropriate tone of voice and volume. Um, have you, you've met children who come in and they shriek and shout and, and eventually, you know, the shriekers and shouters link, need to learn to use inside voices. Walks, number six, walks around individuals who are talking. Now, this is, this is more for children, but if two people are in a conversation, as an adult, you might walk up and join them, but as a child, you know, if, if a child sees two adults talking or even two older children, they should walk around and not walk through. And so that's part of child training is training your children to not like walk through a conversation. Yes. Well, give yourself grace. That's what I do. <laughs> if I do it once, I say always. <laughs> Okay, um, steps aside to let someone pass. That's, it, that's another thing. And um, I think most of us adults, we do that automatically because we don't want to be run over, you know, <laughs> so we kind of step aside. But children don't, that's something that we teach our children that, oh, someone's coming, move back and let them walk by. Yes, Rose, you're very good at stepping aside because you're fearful. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Number eight, notices and acts on obvious ways of helping others, carrying things, opening, or holding a door. So the key there is notices. Now, some of us are very good at noticing, and some of us just don't notice. Like, oh, so-and-so is carrying a 500-pound box? I didn't even notice. May and Saxon are very good at noticing. And they will rush over. The Nolet boys are very good at noticing. They'll rush over and scoop something out of your hand so you don't carry something heavy. I, you know, they're so, but that is something that we teach our children. We teach them to say, go look and see if there's anyone in the parking lot that needs help. Or maybe, you know, you can help, help Miss Sarah get to her car, things like that. All right. Um, number nine uses please and thank you appropriately um so and then that's pretty obvious right number 10 ask properly ask for something rather than stating i need or i want so do your children say i need a drink or do they say can i please have a drink mom can i please have a drink madeline or do they just say, I want, I need, you know what I'm saying? So it's a way of um, polite. Okay, says excuse me when it's appropriate. If someone passes wind, passes gas, or someone does a burpee, they should say excuse me. Um, it's not polite to giggle. It's not polite to rate it, anything like that. Yes. Does anyone else say excuse me when they're by themselves? Yes, yes I say excuse me if I'm by myself. Because I don't like to burp in front of myself. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Okay, number 12, moves through an indoor environment quietly and at a reasonable pace. So, um... If, if a child comes into church, they walk into a building, they do not run, they do not rush through, they walk through, and they, they behave appropriately for being inside. So you should be able to take your children anywhere eventually when they reach a certain age and know that they're going to behave politely. Okay. Um, number 14. Returns borrowed items unabused. So that means that if they borrow something, they return it back in perfect condition. And if they don't return it back in perfect condition, they replace the item. And that's something that, say, um, 
if when you train your children, if they like maybe make a crease in a book or something like that, you should buy a new book and return a new book. And you should, the child should have to pay for that if possible. You know, if they're old enough that they have money, they should actually shell out the money for that because you want to teach children to respect other people's property. Um, Okay. Um, Let's see. Number 15 maintains eye contact with the person speaking for them. Some kids are very shy and you have to teach them to do that. Other kids are just people people. And so when they talk to people, they're looking at them and they're chatting. They're interested. Okay. Number 16 properly responds when being spoken to acknowledges that they've heard you. So that would be when you say shine can you, um, how was your day at school? She doesn't just ignore me. She responds. And she might say, oh, mom, I'm taking a test online. Can I talk to you about it in a little bit? But there's always a response. You should never have to wait for your child to respond if they've heard you. So, um, okay. Um, Complies with the, number 17, complies with the request of an adult without moaning or talking back. Now, that means that if you say, please take this to the trash can, they say, okay, or yes, ma'am, and yes, ma'am, or no, sir. I mean, I grew up where we said yes, ma'am, and no, sir. I like that. You might have a different philosophy that's, you know, whatever you like, but so we, we grew up and, you know, when I grew up, I said, yes, ma'am. And I went and I did it. But children should obey immediately. They should be cheerful. They shouldn't go, oh, I don't want to, you know, because that's not appropriate. It's not. And realize when you're raising children or even in your own behavior that when God asks you to do something, I hope you don't moan and groan and fuss and complain. I hope you say, yes, sir. And then you do it with a cheerful heart. Because we're training our children to have a relationship with God. I mean, that's really the most important thing. The, the way we allow them to behave toward us is how they'll behave toward the Lord. So, okay, next. 18, apologizes for unintentionally hurting or bothering someone. So if Rachel, by accident rushes by Madeline and Madeline goes flying to the floor, but that wasn't Rachel's intention. She says, Oh, Madeline, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? I did not see you there. And a child should never look at you and say, well, I didn't mean it on purpose. You know, someone has a bloody nose. I didn't do it on purpose. So never allow that to be said because even God had a sacrifice the scapegoat, well, no, what was the sacrifice for unintentional sin? I can't remember now, but scapegoat was something else. But unintentional sin, there was sacrifice. So unintentional wrongdoing is still wrongdoing, even if you didn't mean to. All right, um, number 19, asks for forgiveness when appropriate without being prompted. So eventually you want your children to be able to say, when you discipline them, when you talk to them, you want them to be able to say, Mom, will you please forgive me? If if Marissa is disrespectful to me, she's going to come to me and she's going to say, Miss Meredith, will you please forgive me? And I'm going to say, yes, of course. I didn't notice that you were disrespectful to me. That's what Aisha is always apologizing to me. I'm like, you are rude. Can you tell me when you're rude? <laughs> so I know. <laughs> I just didn't notice. Okay. Um, number 20, willingly receives correction and responds with a thankful heart. Now, how many of you said to your mama, thank you so much for correcting me. I'm so grateful for that spanking. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the two weeks that I was grounded from my cell phone. It really, I'm really blessed that you um, care about me. But see, that's the kind of heart we need to have. We need to, you know, if someone comes and I, I know one person who um, 
well, two people come to my mind immediately. One is Mickey Lana and one is Mary. That anytime I have ever talked to them about anything, which is hardly ever because they're both practically perfect, they have both always said to me, thank you so much for talking to me. I really want to be what God wants me to be. And that, and Madeline, Madeline is the same way. And so I'm sure all of you are. I just, she's right in front of me. So, but it's, it's that thankful heart because you want whatever it takes to become what God wants you to be. And we want to instill our children. So, you know, in that our children are thankful that we discipline them. They may not like it. You know, how many of you go, oh, wow, Sally, <laughs> oh, spanking. All right. So um, I want to talk now. I, I just want you to take this, these home and just kind of use them as a guideline, tuck them away and think these are some of the things I want to instill in my children. But I'm going to talk to you now about how, how do you raise children? Who are considerate? How do you raise children who are kind? How do you raise children who put other people first? Well, your children will your children will listen to what you say, but more than that, they will become who you are. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Let me open in prayer. I'm going to read a scripture. And then we're going to um, dig into this. And that we're just going to be talking about how to train children. And if you're young, Martha Rose, you're going to be a mama someday. And you're going to raise children. I know that you're young, but also you're being trained. So if you're at an age where you're being trained, listen with two ears. One, for how can I cooperate with what my mom is doing to make her job really easy? How can I cooperate with what my dad is doing to make his job really easy? And how can I do this for my own children one day? So, um, all right, let me pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for your word. We trust your word, Lord. We trust your word. You are so awesome. You are so awesome, and, and we just, we want to obey your word. We want to train our children to obey the word, and if we're children, we want to be trained to obey the word. We don't want to wrestle as adults with you because our heart is like a mule's. We don't want mule hearts. We want obedient servant hearts after you. So, Lord, um, speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read uh, from Ephesians 5. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read quite a bit, and um, but I, we're gonna talk about this because how do you train children? So is anyone interested? Yes. Okay. Good. I'm excited. Therefore, number one, verse one, Ephesians five, verse one. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And I love this because he he just calls us children here, you know, and and children imitate their parents. And walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So what Jesus did smells good. Have you ever, my daughter, Rose, uh, no, Rose smells good. Julian has this perfume that when she leaves for work and kisses me goodbye, I'm like, oh my goodness, you smell so good. You know, and um, I love when all my girls, when Rose and Aisha and Juj, they all kiss me goodbye because they all smell really good. And, um, you know, there's that aroma of what Christ did. It's just such a blessing. And and it we want it constantly before us. That's why it's always mentioned. You know, it's always mentioned. And so when we're thinking about um, training, we, we have that in mind, you know. Look at what Christ did for us, you know, and if he did that for us, is he going to help us raise our children? And what if we're completely inadequate and we've totally blown it to this point? Then so what? God can still come through. All right. Okay. Um, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. 
For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to God. And I want you, if you if you have a pen, underline that. Trying to learn what is pleasing to God. If you want to raise children who are kind and considerate and godly, you need to be trying to learn what is pleasing to God. Because, you know, if, if we're really grateful for what Jesus has done, it, it's not a bunch of rules. It's, it's not like, oh, okay, here are my rules, and oh, by golly, if I'm going to abstain from this thing, you better be abstaining too, because I don't want you to have fun, and me not be able to have fun. I hope that anything God doesn't like makes you sick, to your stomach. I hope that you feel sorry for people who sin, that you don't wish that you were indulging with them. You know, I hope that you go, oh, bless their hearts. You know, I wish they could know what it's like to walk with God. I really do. And and if you find yourself with that attitude of smushing people down, there must be some secret thing like, oh, I wish I could get away with that, you know? Do you understand what I'm saying? So then examine your heart and let God tweak your heart so that you want what God wants. So if we're gonna if if we're trying to learn what pleases God, then we can raise children who are trying to learn what pleases God. Because that is that's our goal. Our goal is we want to honor Christ. We want to honor Christ. We want to be people who love Jesus, who love people. And and so much of, you know, being considerate, being kind is all about valuing others more than yourself. Um, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done in secret, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. One of the most important things we need to do as moms, or with our own life, is to be vigilant. Know the condition of your... uh, Pastors are supposed to know the condition of their flock. Shepherds know the condition of the flock. You need to know the condition of your flock. If your child is rude, know that they're rude. If your child is kind, but awkward and shy, know that your child is kind and awkward and shy. Know the condition of your flock. For you to make excuses for your child and to defend bad behavior, it will send your child to hell. That's just the bottom line. It will send your child to hell. You have got to have a realistic picture of your child and what they struggle with. On the other hand, you have got to have a realistic picture of your child and who they are and their gifts and their strengths and how wonderful they are. You have to know the condition of your flock. You have to know the condition of your children. So you should be able to say, oh, wow, I'm so blessed because my child is this and this and this and this but I do know they're struggling with this, this, and this. Do you see what I'm saying? Because if, if you're focusing on the negative more than the positive, your child will always feel like a failure and like they never measure up. And there is so much from the world that will make your children feel like a failure. They shouldn't feel like a failure because of you. So you need to always think, I love, I love what was it you posted, Evie? You posted a couple pictures of Leo making funny faces. And you said, I just love these funny faces. Like, he has my heart or something like that. I can't remember what you said. But I thought, yes, that's the heart of a mom. Like, we're always seeing the good. 
we're always blessed, we're always thankful, we always appreciate who our children are. But that doesn't blind us to the fact that they're flawed. Every person in this room, especially me, is flawed. All of us are moving forward in God. We're becoming what God wants us to be. And, and if we don't see our children with that God's perspective, we're not going to be able to help them. See, God looked at Peter, I mean, Simon, and he said, he didn't say, oh, you emotional wreck. What am I going to do with you? He said, wow, I'm going to rename you Peter, and you're going to be a rock, and I'm going to build my church, and you're going to be part of the foundation. So we need to have that attitude toward our children. And so sometimes we need to ask the Lord, when you look at my child, what do you see? When you look at me, what do you see? If your response is, oh, I need to change this, and I need to change this, and I, then something is wrong because you're not getting the heart of God. God is for us, and there's this beautiful thing that he sees, and then there's these few little things that need to be tweaked. Now, we do have to discipline, and we do have to have, you know, boundaries and our kids can't do this. Our kids can't do that. And I am all for spanking and I am all for discipline. But if you discipline your child every time they're rude, every time they walk through a conversation, every time they don't look the person they're speaking to in the eye, you've missed it. Because you have to teach them to do the right thing. You have to train your children. Jesus did this with his children. He hung out with them. He took them with him. And he didn't take them with him saying, well, you know, I'm going to Lowe's and I'm going to be looking at two power tools and y'all can tag along. That wasn't what Jesus did. He took his disciples with him to teach them all the time. And when they weren't with him, they loved being with him so much that they found him. And when you're a mother, you will be found. When you're in the shower, <laughs> you will be found. When you're in the bathroom, you will be found. But isn't that beautiful that your children love you and want to be with you? And do we want to be with them the way Jesus wanted to be with his children? And did, do we want to impart truth and life? Or do we have some other agenda that's more important? Well, it's more important right now that I fix a meal. It's more important right now that I get the house clean. It's more important right now that I blah, 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 whatever. Or is it while we are fixing this meal, I'm going to impart life to my children? Because that's the way that we want to live to train our children. And if and that's, you know, I always I always talk to homeschooling families and I always say it's a lifestyle of learning. Like every minute you get to learn, there's always something new. Every city has a museum. <laughs> but um, there's always something to look at. There's always something to uncover. And in every situation in your life with your child, there's an opportunity to teach them. So the first, like, I'm going to give you an example because that sounds very vague and okay. Yes, I agree. I agree. But what does that look like? So you're at church and um, you see someone who is um, walking in the door and you say, Leo, let's go greet Le Miss Leanne. And you walk up with Leo and Leo says, oh, hi, you know, however, what he says. And then Miss Leanne will be so blessed. And then she walks by and you say, Leo, you just greeted Miss Leanne and you made her so happy. You are such a good boy. You are so awesome. And then you tell Rusty to throw away his diaper or get a diaper for Cooper. And you say, 
wow, you just served mommy. That I am so blessed to have you. You are such a good young man. And that was showing a servant's heart. And in all of your conversations, you're taking these little opportunities, these little moments to teach and train. They're just tiny. They're not big. They're little. So, you know, maybe um, Micah can't carry boxes in from a car, but maybe he could carry someone's diaper bag to the car. Or maybe he could just move, get some paper plates out in the kitchen and put them on the table. And then you can say, wow, Micah, not only do you help at home, but you help here at church. And so when you're with your children, keep your little lambs close by. When you're worshiping, keep your little lambs close by, especially if they're young. They should be like right there. And, you know, if they want to go up to the altar and they're really worshiping, but keep them really close so that you can teach them. And even sometimes, you know, when they're like singing along with the song, you can whisper to them, wow, I know Jesus loves to hear you sing. And then when they're bigger, you know, notice what they do and give them opportunities to serve. Brooklyn, you are amazing. I am so blessed that you serve with, I'm so blessed that you serve with PowerPoint, but you know, your mom, she can say, I'm really proud of you that you're like, you're ministering, like adults minister in the church, but you're a teen, but you're ministering and you're fully involved in the life of the church. And that so honors Christ and makes me so proud of you. So pointing out things, commending, commending, commend, 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 commend. Never stop commending because kids need to know they want your attention. So if they only get your attention when you're spanking them, let me tell you what they will do. If they only get your attention when they're rude, let me tell you what they will do. But if you can give them opportunities to do the right thing and commend them, then they will suddenly go, wow, I get more attention when I do the right thing. And hey, mom says that what I'm doing is in the Bible and I'm obeying Jesus. And that was pretty fun because I obeyed Jesus. I got a lot of attention. <laughs> and what does God do? Does he give us a lot of attention when we obey him? Yes. Even though he says in the parable, if you do everything, you shouldn't expect any more because you're just doing what you're supposed to do, which is obey. But God lavishes us with good things when we obey him. He blesses us all the time. So focus on being vigilant. Know the condition of your child and give so many opportunities to put things into practice. And especially, that means your children have to be with you. So I would grab them, say, for the first five minutes when church is over. You know, Molly. Molly takes Mercy, and she says, Mercy, let's go pray for two different people. And she takes Mercy's hand, and they walk over to Jenny Rose, and they say, Jenny Rose, is there anything that Mercy and I can pray for you for? And they begin to pray for her. Or you say, Mercy, let's go greet the visitor. And let's let's go introduce ourselves and talk to him. And then after you walk away, you say, Mercy, did you know the Bible says to greet people? You just obeyed the Lord. We did it together. That was so awesome. I am really proud of you. And so maybe, you know, maybe Martha Rose, Molly says to Martha Rose, Mr. Steve is staying overnight in the hospital. Do you want to make him a get well card? And Martha Rose says, yeah, because I'm the best artist in the whole world. No, she doesn't say that because she's very humble. But she makes a get well card for him and then they take it to him. And so there are these moments where get out of the mindset of, I just want to keep my child from disrupting other people's lives. Okay, 
Because that's how we can think as moms. Oh, I just don't want them to embarrass me. Oh, I just don't want them to trip someone and make them fall. Oh, I just... But train your children. Like, teach them to be a blessing. So that when they walk in the room, people are wow, look who's here. And there are going to be things that, you know, when Marissa was young, she was very good at greeting people. And she would be like six years old and she would toddle out to the parking lot. And as people were stepping on, she goes, hi, I'm Marissa. Welcome to Powerland. I'm so glad that you're here. Blah, 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 blah. Were there other things in her life that she had to grow in? Yes. But what is, so are you going to say, well, no, don't go out there because, you know, there are these other things we need to grow in? No. She goes out there and she learns those other things. And how many times have I talked to you and said, here's a way that you can be more effective? A lot, right? And have I ever been negative? So we can train our children and see their gifts and what they're good at. And we can take them from success to success to success to success. Will they get spanked along the way? Yes. Will they disobey along the way? Yes. And we discipline them. But let, you will not teach your children to love the Lord and love other people unless you train them. Unless that's bigger than disciplining them for what they don't do. You have to train them what they should do. And, and it, I'm just going to be honest. It is very time-consuming. And it means that, you know, you have to like your children. And every mom, you know, like every homeschooling mom always says, if you don't change the way you're behaving, you're going to public school next year. <laughs> I'm not going to put up with it anymore, you know, and they all do that. But but moms, we can do that too. We can think, oh, I just want to get away from my son. Oh, I just want to get away from my daughter. And when we feel that creep in our heart, that is the devil. Because Jesus never, ever feels that way about us. Now, Jesus did go off to be by himself. He went to be alone with God, not to get away from his disciples, and he never shooed them away when they came and found him. Even the crowd that followed him around the lake, he said, hey, guys, the disciples, let's go off by ourselves. Let's go off by ourselves and let's talk about your trip. I want to hear everything. And they were interrupted. And it says, and Jesus had compassion on them because the crowds were like sheep without a shepherd. One of the most important things as a mom that we need to have in our heart is compassion for our children. We have to have compassion for them. When our children are two, when our children are one, when our children are sleeping and pooping and that's all they do, they're so little, we need to try to put ourselves in their situation and think, what are they thinking right now? How are they feeling? What are they wanting? What's going on that's making them behave that way? Now, I am not saying give them excuses and say, oh, well, they're just tired. We won't discipline them. That is not what I'm saying. I think children should always be disciplined. But when we have compassion for our children and we try to understand them and we get inside their shoes... We can be their friend and we can talk to them and we can build a relationship with them and we can build a relationship with them when they're 11 months old. We can build a friendship with them when they're 18 months old, when they're three years old. And we want to do that. And by a relationship, I don't mean laughing at their bad behavior. If you laugh at your children's bad behavior, if you laugh when they're rude, you might as well just say to them, hey, I want you to go to hell. Hey, I want you to go to hell. Don't do it. Don't laugh at bad behavior because it's not funny. It grieves the Holy Spirit. But love your children and 
bring them with you to minister all the time. Bring them with you to do little things to obey the Lord that are at their level. So think in terms of bringing them with you. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, and there's so much about that. Um, like, I remember being a little girl, and I think I was six or seven, and there had been, um, we went to visit my nanny. She had been like a nanny to me, and um, we went to visit her, and I didn't really remember her, but my mom said, we're going to go visit Inez. She took care of you when you were little. And we're going to go see her. And always we want to go see her when we come up here because she is a really important part of our life. And she really loved you and she really invested in you. And I know you don't remember, but, you know, it's important for you to learn that. And so now most people wouldn't say all that to a six-year-old. But I remember that. I didn't fully understand it then. But I remember going there and thinking, you know what, this is a kind thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Do things with your children when you're teaching them. This is a kind thing to do. This is the right thing to do. And, you know, um, be excited about doing things like that. Because children can feel when you're pushing them away. Children feel that and they feel rejected. And... If you feel that you're pushing your children away, then you need to ask the Lord to help you. Because that is, that is a human thing. But we want God to change us. We don't want to make an excuse for it. We don't want to pretend it's not there. We just want God to change us. And the Bible says that there is grace. There is grace to love our children. There is grace to train our children and not to exasperate them, but to live a life of joy with them. The Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. They're not a blessing from the Lord because when they're 23, they're going to be perfect and holy, and everyone's going to say, wow, you're sure wonderful you raised godly children. They're a blessing from the Lord because they see the world in a completely different way. You can learn so much from getting on their level and talking to them. Now, I'm going to go a step beyond. All of us get frustrated with other people's children. And we can't. God has to change our heart. And when we are, we have to repent. Because we're a family. We're the family of God. And we are aunts and uncles to each other's children and they need to be precious to us because they're precious to the Lord. And so that means that when we do find that we're frustrated with certain children, we need to ask God to change our heart and we need to go out of our way to maybe greet that child or try very much to draw close to them. Do you know what I'm saying? I veered way off, way off track, but I, I wanted to, to um, read this to you because I thought it was interesting. Um, besides, you know, the training and um, the discipline, um, this is about um, obedience. It's, it's defining obedience, and then it's asking some questions to parents. Obedience, learning the importance of limitations and the meaning of the word no. <laughs> That's obedience. Responding to the wishes of God, parents, and others in authority, yielding the right to have the final decision. So that's obedience. Now, this is what it asks parents who want to teach their children to be obedient. Can you report to your children that you fully obeyed your parents or that you have asked them to forgive you for not obeying? So I'm going to repeat that because I think it's pretty profound. Can you report to your children that you fully obeyed your parents? I don't think anyone can. Or that you have asked them to forgive you for not fully obeying. Number two, does your family 
And this doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're a mom or a daughter. Does your family see you making sacrifices to obey God? Does your, does your family see that it costs you something to obey God? Do you, number three, do you quickly obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit? And number four, and this is the one I don't like, have your children seen you violate traffic laws? <laughs> Well, it says something about your character when you disobey a law or any law. It, and it, you know, and it reveals and it reveals, it reveals who you are. And so my next point in raising children with virtuous character who are kind and considerate is we want to examine ourselves. Are we kind and considerate? If we're shy, do we like people enough to step out of our shyness and greet them and do things for them and love them? If we like to be the center of attention, are we willing to step back and allow other people to shine and minister to them? One of the things I had to learn to do, because what I thought was, you know, friendship was, you know, I would stand in, a, in the middle of a crowd of my friends and I would be telling stories and jokes and they would all be laughing and they would all be saying, oh, you are so wonderful. We love to be your friend. And I was like, yeah, I love being friends. And when I became a Christian, God had to teach me to listen and to ask questions and to walk away from a situation with another person where no one asked about me and that was okay. Or I didn't tell a funny story or I didn't tell a joke and have people laugh. Do you know what I'm saying? So that all of us have, how many of you have a couple areas right now in your life that you're asking God to change? So every hand, shine to you. What? Oh, sorry. So all of us have something we're asking God to change. And that means that God is answering. Do, do you know that? That God is answering your prayer. So if you're asking, he's answering. And, and maybe, you know, tomorrow, instead of asking him to keep changing you, you should say, Lord, thank you that you're answering my prayer. And thank you. And show me, show me something today so I can just see that you're answering that prayer and changing you because he is he's for you he's not up there going oh they better change he's pouring out grace to change you and he changes us in the deep place it's not superficial so it it takes a long time have you ever taken a, if you have a son this will happen to you so one of your favorite cups never like just trashy one it will be filled with dirt and twigs and rocks, and then water will be poured into it. And then you will find it, and then you have to clean it. Have you ever, anyone know what I'm talking about? And so you first, like, have to scoop out the dirt, put it in the trash, and then you fill a sink with, I just usually just fill a sink with soapy water, put the cup in, then fill another sink, <laughs> then another, and then finally I'm actually scrubbing the cup. But when I see that cup filled with mud and filled with water that my son <laughs> surprised me with, then I know it is going to take a long time to clean that cup. And that's how God is. When he's cleaning us, we're like that cup. He's cleaning us. It, it's a long process. And, you know, could God just go, boom, you're free? Yeah, but then would we fall back into those things if it was so easy? I don't know. I probably would. I think I would. So model what you want your children to be. Love your children. Invite your children into your world. Tell your children all the time how wonderful they are. Focus on the positive and not the negative. Call them out. Call forth 
what God is calling forth. Okay, not the negative. Call forth what God sees, what God is calling forth. Jesus didn't say, Peter, you are an emotional wreck. He's, I mean, Simon, you're an emotional wreck. He said, I'm going to rename you Peter. It's because he saw something that he was going to build. So can you see what God is going to build in your children? And can you take the time to enjoy your children, to spend time with them, to teach them, to train them in little ways, not just to obey you? You know, okay, mommy's calling you, come right now. Like we played the obedience game and this, this talk is not obedience. I'm all for obedience, but beyond training our children to be obedient, we need to train them. They have a purpose. So for instance, you have, you have a two-year-old, we're going to church and the Bible says that when we go to church, we should try to be a blessing to other people. What's a blessing? It's to make other people smile. Okay, so let's see how many people we can make smile today. I'm just trying to give you some examples that we begin to be purposeful in the way that we train our children because there is great joy in obeying God's word. So if you can take the time to teach your children to obey God's word, they're going to be filled with joy. And... Um, and it will be a delight to them. Now, number two, your children, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Your children, you know, like you should not be surprised. I love Peter. You know, the book of Peter, he says, and do not be surprised when you have trials. <laughs> like, of course you have trials. We live in a fallen world. I'm paraphrasing. But in the same, like, do not be surprised. <laughs> Folly is in your children. Okay? They're fallen. They're not regenerated. Okay? And even if they are, when they are regenerated, they need to be trained. Um, do everything you can to teach your little ones to memorize scripture, to um, read the word to them. It doesn't matter if they understand it or not. Read the word to them, help them memorize scripture, because hide the word in your heart that they will not sin against you. But also, um, once they come to know Christ, they're going to have all this knowledge and wisdom, and they're going to grow really fast in the Lord, compared to someone who didn't have all that training. So, I want to ask you, can anyone think of some ideas of something they can do with their children? This, this Sunday or Friday night at the fall festival to train them. Martha? What? Oh, it was a joke. I thought you were going to train, train your American girl doll. Brooklyn. Okay, good. You can make something together for the fall festival. Jenny Rose? I was going to say, it just, like, I don't have kids, but I kind of see other little kids, and I'd be like, hey, small human, can you come help me clean up this trash? Um, the candy wrapper's on the floor, and they can be like, yay, you can help me, and they'll be like, oh my goodness, you're such a godly little human. <laughs> and I can encourage them. So that I is very that. sweet. <laughs> Make it yeah.
well, don't focus so much on this big. Focus on something like very specific. Like, I'm going to take Hosanna and we're going to walk up to and say, Hosanna, let's go see if we can go make a plate for Mr. Donald. And then you and Hosanna walk over to Mr. Donald and say, hey, can we make a plate for you? And then you go do it together. So, like, do things, instead of trying to say, okay, the whole night we're just going to serve people, do, like, take your child, do something very, very specifically. Leo, let's go pick up those cups that people left on that table and throw them away. And Leo picks up four cups and he walks to the trash can and he throws it away. And then the whole next week you talk about it. And what a big boy he was and how much he served. And so does that make sense? So it's very specific, very purposeful. And you, you can't, you can't live in this, like, you know, especially if you have a house full of children, you've just got to, you know, like seize the moment. Okay, here's the moment. Like, we can do that. Right. Because, well, you tend to go do everything. So it's just learning to bring your children with you when you do something. So you stop and say, oh, before I go do this, I'm just going to bring one of my children and they can help me. Does that make sense? So. So, Molly, what do you want to do? Well, I really like what Brooklyn said. Because instead of rushing to try to cook and make all this food, Make sure you put salt and pepper on it because it's got to taste good. And if you don't put salt and pepper on it, it won't taste good. And just explaining the details of how we want it to taste good for other people so that it's a blessing to them. Um, and really teaching them to cook really well and, okay. and be a blessing. So instead you, of just rushing to get it done. So you can do that on Friday. Because mm -hmm, I have three pies. Ooh, Don't put salt yeah. pepper in them. <laughs> 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 I promise. I mean, salt and flour. Okay, Sarah, what do you want to do? People will come up to him later and say, wow, Micah, remember when you prayed for me? That was a really cool prayer. But don't try to do like 12 things. Try to do one thing. Try to do two things. You know what I'm saying? Like don't let it be simple. And eventually you'll just fall into a groove where you notice stuff. And I'll just end with this. Serving Jesus is fun. Serving Jesus is is fun. Having children is fun. Raising children is fun. Say that to each other. Raising children is fun. And don't allow the devil to rob you of the joy of raising children. Yes. When you're disciplining and disciplining and disciplining, you have to step back and you have to see what is going on in my house right now. What is going on? Is there a spirit of heaviness? Is everybody frustrated? 
you know, it, it is our people being set up to fail? Like you have to step back and you have to, the, the object of parenting is to win our children's hearts so that we can teach them and train them. That's, that's the primary objective. And then the discipline is a part of that because the discipline is the negative. No, we don't do this, but we do do this. So sometimes, and I know I did this a lot. I just fall into this routine of get rid of that negative behavior, get rid of that negative behavior, which you need to do. But the focus also has to be on the positive. And sometimes I, I would see, like, I was trying to get something done. My children just wanted my attention. They wanted to know that I loved them, that they were a priority. And, you know, I would need to just say, hey, I love you. I love you. You're awesome. I know I just spanked you seven times, but you are awesome. And I'm so glad you're my son. You're wonderful. And, you know, um, I'm glad you're in my world. Because when children are the worst behaved is when they need the most love and affection and attention that's positive. And it's very tricky because, you know, you don't have to wait for that right moment when they're not disobeying if they're on a roll, you know, when kids get on a roll. But try to keep the atmosphere in your home light rather than heavy. And sometimes that can mean just stopping and singing a song. It can mean stopping and praying. It can mean, you know, what? Take a walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? And if you, you are going to blow it. I mean, I this is one of the things. I remember going out to lunch with one of my children. And I had really hurt them, and they were telling me all these ways that I had hurt them. And I remember sitting there going, I always wanted to be a mom. I sacrificed everything I could to be a mom. That was the desire of my heart, to be a perfect mom. But I still blew it so much. And that was really hard because, you know, you think like I didn't have these big ambitions. I just had this single life. And, you know, we, we're not God and we're not perfect. But God's grace, if we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, he will lift us up in his due time and he will pour out his grace. And he, it, 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 what I'm saying is we can be effective even though we're not perfect. God can use us in a mighty way even though we're not perfect. So please, 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 when you blow it, don't camp out there. Move on. God forgave you at the price of the cross. Like, is there really anything that you do as a mom that isn't covered by the blood? But I think that heaviness and frustration, it can weigh us down, you know, and then we can just find ourselves. Yes.
right. It, he doesn't pound us down. And I, I think how we discipline is important too. Because sometimes we discipline, but we don't have that time after where we talk about what happened. And, you know, I mean, after we discipline, we need to be saying, hey, what is going on? What is going on? Because, you know, this is, I, I don't understand why you did that. Help me understand why you did that. And, you know, mommy wants to understand. Mommy wants to help you to overcome this because I know you can't feel good right now in your heart. No one feels good when they're saying no one does. I mean, people play games with themselves, but, um, yeah. Well, there's a whole well, other topic.